What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. So, um... It's crazy because I, I, I definitely get myself into trouble. I've been a Christ follower for a really long time um, since I was single digits. But there's times where I wake up and I, uh, like, you know, for instance, I woke up in Africa a few weeks ago and I'm all, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and um, I began realizing, I've been studying Galatians, this letter from Paul to the church of Galatia, the churches of Galatia, um, for a while now. And there's just, there's so much goodness in there. And so if you guys are looking for the next book to read, this one could be it. Um, just study it. There's a, a few guides out there that are just, they're just, you know, when you learn, it's all about the gospel, which I feel like, I don't know if you guys coming out of COVID in this last year, you know, uh, coming back into church and being in person, there's this thing about the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, which it always should have been, but sometimes it gets, you know, we get caught up in programs or we get caught up in the busyness of things. And I just feel like God is bringing his church at large back to the gospel and, you know, and just sharing that good news. And it's, and it's, it's so basic and it's so enormous at the same time, which is, you know, that's a little unsettling as humans. We want things to fall in their lane, and the gospel doesn't because it's mighty, but it's so simple. It is so simple. Um, and I, I hope that you guys get to hear enough of it today that um, you're just changed a little. And with the, story, the stories that I get to share, you know, I want my life from point A um, to point Z to be full, and not just full for the sake of being full, but, you know, really, I want it to be intentional. Um, That is a word I've tried to apply to everything that I do, whether it's being a wife or a parent or, uh, you know, whatever it is. If I am, um, you know, with my coworkers, with, with, if I'm hanging out with you, if, you know, Amy and I had a hot tub night the other night, and I just, I want it to be intentional, and I felt like it was, you know, I I left, my heart was so happy when it was finished, and you're all invited, but you'll have to come on different days, because it only seats like six, so it's really nice, though. Um, that was the present we bought ourselves for our 25th wedding anniversary. Some people go to Europe. I got a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was better. It's a gift that's going to keep on giving. Uh, that's for real. Um, but I don't, I don't want fluff in between. And so I'm real careful. I feel like I've, I'm really, you know, as someone who's, who's so intentional, it amazes me how many times I run ahead of God, you know? And you would think that if I'm so focused on being intentional, I, you know, I would take the time because I, 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 I know the protocol. Lord, what do you have for me? I know that protocol. But so often, uh, that song we sang, I am available, that's like, it, that was like my, that's my heart put into a worship song. I love that song so much. And it's, it's the kind of thing where I, I always want yes to be at the forefront of my mouth. Um, or most of the time I want it to be there, um, if God is wanting me to say yes. And so what happens is he'll talk to me about something or he'll give me this little nugget of something, and I think, okay, that makes total sense. And I I weigh it against my situation, which is, don't do that. Um, But I I do that. I weigh it against my situation. I'm like, this makes total sense. I'm going to do this. And I'm like off and running. And and, and it it seems like it should be right, right? Because I'm I'm saying yes to God. I'm off and running for God. But the thing is, sometimes um, God will speak to me or sometimes or all the time. He's given me an incredibly uh, logical husband. 
who will say, whoa, there, Missy. <laughs> he says that to me a lot. Whoa, there, Missy. Have you thought this through? And I'm all, almost always, I'm all, no, <laughs> I haven't. You have something to add? And he'll say things like, well, you're wearing two different shoes. Or, you know, I'm like, I'm just like a, I'm out there being a crazy person for Jesus, and I think it should be great because I've said yes, right? But, you know, he's given, God's given us a brain. He's given us a, an, an order of events and a, a logical, some logic to apply to the world around us and, and the steps that we take. And um, I realized as I was studying through Galatians, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Paul just essentially very kindly but harshly berate this church for going from being so awesome to being, um, you know, that what they started doing is they started going kind of back to their old ways. They started pulling in things that were really familiar to them. And so they would say, you know, imagine like this, this scene is essentially what's happening in the church of Galatia. And so they're standing at the door and they're like high-fiving people like, yeah, man, you're saved by grace. Jesus came. We believe in the blood that was shed. And so now we are, we are saved because of that. We're saved by God's grace. You know, we don't have to do those, all of those rules anymore. We don't have to follow them because Jesus came to fulfill them. And so now we really just get to focus on loving God and loving his people. Everything else, if we're doing those things, everything else is wrapped up in those two things, right? And he's like, he simplified it. And, and so, you know, imagine being met at the, the door by one of our greeters or an usher, and uh, they're like, man, that's awesome. You're saved by grace. That's so good. And then they pull out this little, like, like the little asterisks that you see on, on a note, you know, and they pull it out, and they're all, um, and we also, we have this brochure on circumcision. I bet you guys didn't think you were going to hear that word this morning. <laughs> This is who I am. So um, I'm going to read it in the scripture um, in a minute, and you'll understand why I'm talking about this terrifying thing for you boys. But um, <clears throat> it doesn't affect us as much, right? But um, what happened was, I mean, that was, that was part of um, converting to Judaism. If you were not born in Jewish culture, that was not something that was done for you at eight days old. And, and so that was like a mark. That was something that you did when you were coming into the church before Christ died on the cross. That's what you did to show, yes, I am now a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a Jewish Christian or I am now um, going to follow uh, God. And so what Jesus said was, well, done with that. We don't need that anymore. If we still needed that, there was no reason for me to die. It actually says a few pages back in Galatians. There was no reason for Christ to die. If you're just going to keep sticking with that, then you're not even actually partnered with Christ. You're not even under that grace. And so, um, and you know, what a crazy thing to choose instead of grace. <laughs> grace is free. Grace is us walking into a space and we receive, we receive that forgiveness. We receive mercy. We receive this, um, we, we receive this unbelievable amount of a welcome despite what we've done. Actually, I never know if it's in spite or despite, so if you know, fill it in. So, you know, but even though that's happening. And so, <laughs> I'll look it up, I promise. Um, so, it, it seems crazy to me that of all the things that they're going to pull back around, I'm all, I mean, again, I'm a girl, so I, you know, I probably wouldn't be as irate, but if I'm a dude, and this is, seriously, this is what you're grabbing out of those, like, 600-something rules, this is what we're sticking with, I'd be mad. I'd be, I mean, I would be like raising a storm, right? And so, so Paul comes back, and he's like, what are you doing? What are we doing? We've been through this. And he, this is, so Galatia is on Paul's um, mission journey. And so he goes on this journey, and, um, and this, these churches are converted. They're already Christians. They're Judeo-Christians. They, um, they, they were Jewish, and now they, they actually believe Christ is um, the Son of God. They believe that he is the Messiah that was to come in these churches. And so they're, it's almost like they're, it's almost like they're playing it safe. On this side of the fence, 
uh, you know, they've, they've got God's grace. And on this side of the fence, they've got these rules just in case, just in case this isn't as easy as we thought it was. But that's not how we're called to live. And actually, if you turn to Galatians 5.16, it actually tells us in a very short sum up of a sentence how we are supposed to live. So Galatians is near the end. It's maybe five or six, eight books from the end. Galatians 5.16, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's how we're supposed to be living, and that's what I want to get into here. And I want to talk to you about, I'm going to read that actually one more time before I move on. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Um, So I'm in Uganda, right? And actually, back up. A week before I leave for Uganda, God has given me this verse, and then I showed up on Sunday, and Craig's preaching it. And I was like, hey, that's interesting. You know, that's God's all, hello, I'm talking to you. Read this verse. You know, keep studying this verse. And so I did. Every day, I just kept reading this verse. And and it was a section, actually. I kept reading it over our trip, knowing it was coming. But... um, Now back up maybe, this was several weeks ago, um, and I'm sitting with my friend Wendy. So um, X-Hope is an organization that I've worked with since the beginning of the organization. They do do outreach, local outreach for foster care in California. My friend is based in California. And then they do all of this work in Uganda, and they have a children's home there. We've just opened a school. That was part of the work that I got to do while I was there, was starting the school. And... um, they are, I mean, she's just such, she is so peppy. She's my opposite. Um, we call her bouncy bear, and we call me bear, period. <laughs> I don't, I'm not an extreme emotion um, in any direction, um, and she is all of the emotions, um, and she just, like, sometimes I just watch her, and she's just, like, you know, <laughs> she has all the energy. She used to be a UNR cheerleader, and she was so, so good at it. And I don't know how God brought us together, you know, the personalities, but he definitely did. And she just is somebody that I really, really admire as a Christian. Watching her Christian walk, I admire her. And um, so I'm sitting with her in church, at her church, and she said, oh, I'm supposed to have a meeting with that lady. And uh, the pastor's wife was walking up onto the stage at the time. And she said, she's going to tell me if she's going with me to Uganda in May. So this was in March this year. And I said, oh, you're, you're going back? And because she goes twice a year. And, um, and she said, yeah. She said, I'm going back. And I was like, I want to go. And she goes, you do? And I was all, what? No. <laughs> and I was all, well, what has just happened? And what happened was God spoke out of my mouth before I was able to speak out of my mouth because back up two and a half years ago, and um, I went to Uganda. My daughter was 17 at the time, and she came to me and said, hey, I, I want to go with Wendy to Africa. And uh, I thought, man, what an awesome opportunity. You know, uh, if any of you guys have kids and, um, you know, you love Jesus, take them on a mission trip. It changes their whole lives. It changes their perspective. They makes their high school years and their middle school years actually a lot more, um, like, uh, bearable because they've seen real struggles so they complain to you less about nonsensical things I'm telling you it's like a parenting hack write it down (laughs) so she um, she says you know you do and uh, I'm instantly I'm remembering my first trip and my first trip was was awesome I mean it was I thought I'd always really felt 
that I was a local missionary. I've always called myself a local missionary. Um, my, I have a master's in urban ministry, Christian studies my, with an emphasis in urban ministry. I and mean, that's how much I love inner city outreach. My, my daily work um, has to do with inner city outreach. People don't even like driving where I, my office is. I mean, I just, I really enjoy being inner city. That's part of what I love about Convo is because that is their, their heartbeat as well. It's just being right here in the center and, you know, and then branching out to wherever you guys reach, you know, so you guys get to take Jesus with you when you, when you go, you get to take the heart of Convo everywhere that you guys go, and um, I was remembering when I told her, when I told her no, um, I was remembering my first trip, and it was, I, I came home, and my husband said, how was it, and I said, um, you know, it was really great, I'm glad that I went, but it was really hard, and, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm just a local missionary, and uh, now that's not something, that's not a message that God had spoken to me, I made that up, <laughs> Uh, totally on my own, because in my mind, I felt like uh, Uganda was hard, and I'll give you my three reasons why. First, it was hot. I don't know if you guys know it's hot in Africa, and I thought I'd never experienced such heat because I'm from Vegas, and originally, and well, not originally, but mostly, and I, I know what heat is. I mean, I remember standing in the wave pool at, uh, at I worked as a lifeguard at Wet n Wild, and the, I looked up, and the temperature, the little thermometer thing said 126. And I thought, don't you cook candy at like 126 or something? <laughs> I mean, that was crazy to me. So I felt like I absolutely, I don't know how to cook candy. It's, yeah, please don't write that down or try making candy at 126 degrees. But I, I just, I am like, I know what hot is, and this is something else. This is something different because it's so humid. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy. And so, and then secondly, um, my husband and I are both very attractive to one another, so being apart from one another is, I don't like it. He doesn't like it, and I appreciate that we have found each other, and so we both don't like it, so two weeks away from each other, no thanks. You know, if you're not going off, he used to get deployed, and, you know, we'd gear up for that, that we were prepared for that, and that was, that was an anointed thing that he was going to go do, and I was the one who stayed home, and that was great, but the other way around, I, I don't know, mamas, I, that just doesn't work. It's just very different, and um, I came home, and it was all kinds of crazy happening in my house, and I was like, I don't like this, and he's all, I don't like this, and I was all, let's never do this again. I am a local missionary. I labeled it again. But then the third thing, the night before we were leaving, um, we, uh, for my original trip, the night before we were leaving, I had had this, I'd had lots of mosquito bites, but um, I'm a really big fan of essential oils, and uh, y'all can say anything you want about them, it's fine, but if you get a mosquito oil, try tea tree. I mean, if you get a mosquito bite, try tea tree oil. I'm telling you, it really, really works. And um, so I had one that was here. I mean, I was covered in them, but I had one that was here, and it just would not relent. All the rest of them were gone in about 15 minutes. I would just keep reapplying it, and then they were gone, and I was fine. And I couldn't understand what was happening, and so I asked a friend of mine, I said, hey, will you take a look at this? And by a friend of mine, I mean we'd known each other for the 10 days that we were in country. <laughs> hey, friend, I need you to take a look at my back. And she goes, she goes like this, I don't think that's a mosquito bite. And I was all, okay, please don't just, she's back here with her flashlight, and she's sitting on the edge of the tub. And she's all, I'm all, don't describe anything, but tell me what do you think it is? And she goes, I don't know. I'm going to go on the internet. And I'm like, I feel like that's a really bad idea. <laughs> and so she had like one bar. We had like the super spotty service. And so she's on there trying to figure out what it is. And, and the internet's not working. And so um, really what was happening is every time I would apply the oil, um, something would wiggle inside of there. And I apologize for what's about to happen inside of your dreams tonight. But... <laughs> I had to live through this, and you will too. 
so I was, um, so I, what I was doing is I was smothering it with that oil and it was unhappy. And so it was trying to make its way to the surface. And it turns out that there are these little creatures called bot flies that live in Africa. Again, why I'm a local missionary. There are no bot flies <laughs> in the United States. Um, and um, they, they lay eggs. And then if they're on your clothes or on your body, <laughs> sorry, Amy, you've had to hear this twice, or more, more. Um, so when, um, what happens is they burrow, and then they hatch, and then they you know, wiggle their way out of you. Have you guys ever watched the Discovery Channel? My husband used to watch this show, like, what is it? Yeah, he, like, she's all monsters inside us. That's what she just said. That's exactly, that's right. So that was like his favorite show. He would watch it, and I was just, I, mean, I didn't understand how he could even watch a show like that. And I would literally put on his noise-canceling headphones and just not even engage with that screen when he would watch it. I, I'm sure he just watched it to see me squirm. It was just terrible. And um, look, I'm like cre creeping out. Um, but he just, um, it, it, so for me, that was literally hell come to earth. Like if you're gonna be, I mean, some people have other you know, things that terrify them, but for me, that was it. And what's crazy is that God knew it. <laughs> he knew that that was the scariest thing that I felt like I could probably experience. I can, I can handle a lot of other things, uh, you know, but, but not that. I just felt like not that. And so um, it turns out that I actually had nine, not just one, I had nine. The other eight were a little lower. Uh, yeah, in, yeah, and um, I was going to name it, but you know, you guys know, and um, so I got, they called the nurse, the Redeemer House nurse, and they had her come, Redeemer House is the name of the children's home that we run there, I, I don't know if I mentioned that, but um, so the nurse came back, and she just was the sweetest, and she kept saying, this is very unusual, very unusual, please come back, she said, this is very unusual, and I'm all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like really trying to love her with Jesus, but I was very short. And it's, you know, it's so late at night. So when I got home, this is what I'm coming off of. You know, no pain meds because I'm allergic to everything. And so, I mean, I'm like no pain meds. She's got iodine, like the kind that they use in old school. You know, she's got like the giant cotton ball with the tweezers. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? Where am I? And um, for a while, I could only remember those three things. That, those were my takeaways. And the bot fly story, that means that's pretty, that's pretty amazing, not in a good way, but that's pretty amazing, right? I mean, that's crazy. But then once I started really choosing to process it and asking God to show me, like, what was the good in that? What was the point of me going with that other than that my daughter got to go? And she had a, fan, she had a totally separate trip uh, just because there were no bot flies in her entire story other than her, you know, she's pre-med. So she's like, this is fascinating. I'm like, could you just go? This, <laughs> you're way too excited about this right now. This is not the headspace I'm in. And so um, what I realized is that God was connecting my heart to, those, to, to the people that we met. He was connecting my heart in a way that if you have not been on a mission trip, there's no way I can really explain it to you other than we are so outside of our comfort zone. We're so tired. You know, the food is different. Everything is just so different on purpose. I mean, God calls us to that on purpose. He wants us outside of ourselves, which that actually can happen here, and I'm certain that it happens in our, our everyday lives, but... There's something about taking that intentional step and saying, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna willingly place myself over here no matter what. 
that makes us a little more vulnerable and receptive, a little more yielded to what God wants to do for us. So if you have not done a trip like this, even if it's not overseas, even if it's just someplace else, um, I really encourage you to do it. Because what happens is God speaks to us. Um, you know, we, we make ourselves vulnerable. It's the same as when our kids go to camp. Um, you know, we, we, we set ourselves up intentionally. You know, it's that, it, you know, we're, we're taking away the, the space for fluff and we're, we're actually being really intentional. And so now go back to Wendy when I said, no, I, I don't want to go back. I don't know why I just said that. And she said, I think you need to pray about this because I think you are supposed to go. And she would have said that, I think, no, even if she didn't think I was supposed to go, I'm, I'm convinced, but she was right. And what I thought was, I said, I will definitely pray about this. And then um, what I was like secretly in my mind um, I was praying for a couple things. So anytime I make a decision as a, a wife, um, anytime I'm, I'm going to say yes to something, I actually pray that my husband will have the right answer. And um, that's a biblical, I mean, that's keeping me underneath of his, I'm submitted to his authority, um, and, and that's a really healthy way to do it. And because what I'm doing actually is, is nothing to do with how much I trust my husband, it's how much do I trust my God. And I trust him completely. And so he's going to give my husband the right answer. And then I'm going to, um, I'm going to listen to what that is. And then our, our, our home and our family would be protected um, because that's how we make our decisions. So in that, I started praying that my husband would have the right answer and that my boss would let me off of work. Well, if you guys don't know, I'm a um, high school teacher. And, and uh, we, had, um, we had finals coming up. You don't leave for finals. That's crazy. And no one else, it's a unique situation because I work for Awaken where um, we work with girls who have been trafficked. And so I'm the only educator there. So it's not like a lot of people can come in and help with finals, right? So I'm like, oh, this is sweet. I'll say yes to Wendy. And then my husband will say no and my boss will say no. But that's not what happened, actually. I was super banking on that and thinking, you know what, Lord? You have made me a missionary. And um, yeah, I, I really thought this was going to go differently. So within five days, I had a sub for my class. I had... Uh, subs, two subs. I had a, uh, my husband had said yes. Um, we had the finances because of just some, a miracle that had happened a little bit before then. And uh, I applied for my visa and that was that. I went to Uganda for the second time. And it was really funny because when I pulled up to Redeemer House, several of the people that run the house, they said, we really didn't think we'd see you again. <laughs> I'm all same, same. <laughs> same, same, <laughs> as it turns out. And so, you know, I just, one of the things that I, um, I really love is just like, I love rules. I love understanding the, the boundaries that, that God has for me. I, I love understanding where things are going. And as I, um, as I stepped back into Uganda, I realized, man, this is just not what I would have chosen. And already God had been talking to me about being led by the Holy Spirit. And so I just was, I was like this. I was like, Lord, here's our schedule, but I'm trying to hold it like this. I was trying so hard to not... Um, got, not get caught up in what I thought we were there to do. And boy, howdy, from second one, everything was different than what we thought. And so the trip that we were on was a little unusual. We had three pastors, um, including Kara, and then another pastor from Utah that came. And then we had um, a guy named Kyle, who actually, um, he's in charge of bringing influencers over. And so he was supposed to be practicing leading this trip. So influencers, as in people who, he knows a lot of wealthy people who love 
love giving money to really great programs. And because he believes in this program so much, he's really influenced them. They're like, a lot of people have said, you know, we want to see this. And so he's going to be bringing them over. So we were kind of his practice run. So there were, um, whereas on the last trip, we had five kids with us. With this one, we had, it was all adults. And we are all missionaries. We've all been missionaries for a long time. And so, uh, you know, we thought this is going to go so smoothly. And, um, and God's all, ha oh, oh. No, he, he doesn't. <laughs> He didn't laugh that way, but he was like, um, how about I just, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Um, it felt it. But we, um, you know, we, we arrived in Uganda at, we, it was like 36 or 38 hours of flying, and um, which is a lot. You know, it was a lot on my body, and, um, you know, when I feel like my hips and my knees are a lot older than I want them to be. And, and so I'm just like, I showed up, and I'm tired. Everyone is exhausted. It's the middle of the night. We've not eaten much. We have not, um, we've not slept. And so... Kara, she's such a, um, a researcher, and so she had gone on and she'd gotten all the information that we would possibly need in order to um, get through Amsterdam and into Uganda, and so we followed all of the rules. I mean, we had everything that we needed, and I mean, we even had just-in-case things, just-in-case things, and so we, you know, we, we did our, our due diligence, and we went and got our negative COVID tests, and we had our papers. We even had extra copies of things, and then we got our luggage, and we're literally just about to walk out the, the doors, and we're finally, you know, our whole demeanor's changed, because now we're, we know in, in an hour and a half, we're going to be in our beds, we're going to be at the guest house, they're so kind to us, you know, we, there, there's going to be coffee ready if we want, whatever we want, and uh, it's going to be ready for us, and so we're, that's what we're looking forward to, and instead, this, this sweet little lady that's just in, like, this rando chair, she goes like this, this means... Uh, this is Jungu. This is Kamir, and so she's all, um, "Excuse me, come here, please." And so, um, so Wendy's like, "Yeah," and she said, "Can I see your passport?" And we'd already gone through all the passport checks and stuff, and uh, and so Kyle's like, "No, we, you know, we already showed those because she didn't seem official. She was just sitting in a chair, and um, and she said, she said, I need to see your um, your vaccine stamps, like your COVID vaccine stamps, and we're all." Ooh. That, I mean, that, at the time when we went, that was all super brand new. I mean, we had, not even everyone was eligible to go get vaccinations here when, when we left, and we certainly didn't have a stamp. And so he's like, what does it look like? And it was literally this red circle sticker. And Kyle's like, what the heck? He's all, we just had a yard sale. If I'd have known, I just brought, I mean, like we could have just put those on our, it was very unofficial, let me just tell you that. It was so crazy. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. And so, um, and, and none of us at that point had had vaccinations. And so, uh, but we all had negative tests, which is what was required. And she said, yeah, they just changed it like that week, a couple days prior. And Carol's all, it's not on your website. I mean, we were so annoyed, right? And so, and because we are Americans, um, we really focus on our rights, boy, howdy. Instead of actually listening to the Holy Spirit and what he wants us to say, we very much, I've never heard in my whole life more people say out loud, um, well, you know, what about our rights? Or they're always leading with their rights, which that's a totally separate preaching. I'll, I'll wait for that. But you know, it was crazy because um, they also said, you know, we're going to just take you in this van. We just need you to get a negative test. And we're like, all right, fine. I mean, fine. We had to pay another $65. And um, at that point, just so you guys know, because of different circumstances, that was going to be my fifth test for the week. 
So I'm super COVID free in case you guys were wondering. I am like, I promise I can get you documents on all of these. I'm so tired. I just need some food. And um, so, you know, we're trying to make the best of it. And we were out there playing cards. Um, they, they put us on a bus and they drive us around the corner. And um, we sit in this giant tent and we play cards for seriously like five and a half hours waiting for our tests. And um, I mean, it just, the whole thing leading up to it was super crazy. And they, they took our luggage and we're like, well, you're taking our luggage. You can't take our luggage. There's signs everywhere that says, don't let anyone watch your luggage or take your luggage. And the guy steps in front of us with an AK-47, and he's all, I take your luggage, and we're all, do whatever you want with it, man. It's fine. <laughs> I brought this for you, actually. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that. I was just telling some jokes, sir. So we get on this little bus and drive around the corner, and, and we all take our tests, and, and uh, seriously, hours and hours and hours. Um, and so we start to get to this point where we're like, all right, Lord, what the heck is happening right now? They're expecting us for breakfast. I know they're cooking breakfast for us right now. And so the sun's coming up, and it, you know, we were, we were getting to the end of our, I don't know, Christianity? <laughs> I don't know. We were getting to the end of it. And so um, they came up, and they gave us all of our tests. We're like, oh, finally, all of us are negative. And then they get to Wendy, and the, the guy like, makes eye contact with her, and then he takes off real fast. And we're like, oh, this is not good. And then they send these two officials up and they say, your test is interesting. <laughs> and I'm all, uh, what does, that, does that mean something different here? <laughs> does that mean she's free to go? And so she had actually tested positive for COVID. And um, so previously to our trip, about six weeks before our trip, she had had COVID. And um, she had quarantined for two weeks. She lives in California. They called to check on her. They had people stop by to check on her to make sure she was actually in her home. So she legitimately quarantined. She was fine. She saw her doctor. He gave her the stamp of approval to leave. He gave her a little piece of paper that said, um, you are COVID-free. You have uh, quarantined like you're supposed to. It's been plenty of time. But, um, you know, if you take another test, there's a really good chance. It's a 50-50 if you're going to show up positive again because it's been so recent. So this was the other 50 this positive test. And so she's trying to explain it to them, and none, none of them will sign off. And she's like, no, I mean, I had it. And they're all, I mean, they, they were like, you had it. And she's like, no, I had it. I'm fine now. You know, this is the paper that's saying it. No one cares. We saw doctors. No one cares that she had that note. No one cares that the doctor at Kaiser has, you know, a, him and his 50-50 probability. And so we were so frustrated. And we were getting to the point where we were like, this is, this is not happening. We're not doing this anymore. And we were kind of getting, um, I guess, punchy. But we thought we were being punchy for the Lord. We felt like we were praying bold prayers. And we were saying things like, Lord, this needs to stop right now. They took her, actually. They put her on a, in an ambulance. They didn't tell us where they were taking her. They weren't even going to tell us that they were taking her. And so we're like, we're standing there, and we feel like we're standing in the gap for her, and we're praying these prayers, and we're like, Lord, she's going to get a, a, a negative test. And we're declaring all of these things, which feels very churchy. And all of a sudden, I felt like God was saying, That's, these, these aren't exactly, I'm like, Lord, something's wrong. And I could feel that something was wrong. And, and God, I, so I, I was like, hey, why don't I ask? And so I was like, Lord, what are we doing here? What, what, what is happening? And he said, Wendy's supposed to stay. And I was like, okay, stay in the hospital. The hospital was my second level of nightmare, in case you guys are wondering what their health care like, is like there. I mean, no, there was one generator for one room where the baby had just been born, and everything else was in the dark. So she was literally going to be in the, I mean, it just, it was very scary. And, um, and then they were going to make us leave. They would not let us be by her. 
Well, Kyle arranged, uh, our leader arranged for her to be able to stay in, a, in a, an unfinished hotel that was actually on the property where they were doing the testing. And so that she, and they actually, God worked it out so that she had a guard standing in front of her door actually there to protect her. So we knew that she was safe. We felt that she was safe. And, uh, and we were trusting God when he said she needed to stay. So Kyle left and he went and got her a plane ticket home because she still had her negative papers. And the only thing required for the United States is that you had a negative test within 72 hours. And we were in that window. So then they actually thought she was a spy because she had landed and then turned around and tried to leave. And she was removed with, I mean, it was insane, you guys. She had armed guards pull her out of the van and, and ask her, you know, why are you leaving? You just got here. I mean, it just, it got, it was like to the point of ridiculous. And then do you guys ever, don't watch the show because it's ridiculous, but Saturday Night Live, you know, it's like only funny really late at night. That's where we were. We're like, what is happening? I mean, we just felt insane. We're like, is this funny or are we scared? Or I don't know the emotion I'm supposed to have right now. And all I knew was I was hungry and that we were tired. And so we left. And, and so we went to the guest house and Wendy had to stay and uh, she didn't have any internet. We tried to work out all these things to have someone to go stay with her that would not let anyone stay with her. She had to be totally alone. I mean, it was... Um, it was, it was as if God wanted to completely isolate Wendy because he had a plan. <laughs> well, I was like, whoa, that's wild. God has a plan. Um, and so what wasn't happening is we weren't surrendering to actually what he was trying to do there. And I kept thinking um, later, she, was at, she ended up being in quarantine for three days, and they tested her over and over until she got a negative test. Um, and I said, I'm like, wow, three days, that's a little cliche. And, um, you know, and I, I, but I couldn't help, like, comparing her to Jonah, where God had completely got him alone in the most ridiculous and a little humbling, I think a humiliating way, um, that God got him alone inside of that, uh, you know, belly of a whale. And, and, and because he had something to say to him, and he wasn't listening. And so instead, um, you know, with Wendy, she didn't have to, thank goodness, be like that guy a couple weeks ago and get swallowed by that whale, which that's a real story again. Um, and so she didn't have to go through that, but she had to go through this. And, um, you know, and I'm watching my friend be fearful, which isn't in her normal bent. And I'm watching her actually to the point of hysteria, which is never her bent, because she's such a faith-filled person. And I knew she wasn't supposed to go home because God had said she's supposed to stay. And so I started telling the guys that were there, they're like, she just needs to go home. But they were functioning out of like being protective husbands. And again, we weren't asking God specifically, Lord, what do you want for this? We were declaring things over Wendy, which felt like good prayers. But actually what God wanted was for us to, like the scripture says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. We were not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide our answers or our questions even. He was still working. The Holy Spirit was still working, doing all of these things, protecting Wendy, getting us to where we needed to be. So when um, I, I told them, I said, you guys, I don't think she's supposed to go. And then I was like, yeah, because it was a very unpopular opinion. And, um, and he goes, Kyle said, really? And I was like, yeah, I, 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 know, I know what we're looking at. I know what our situation is. But I'm telling you, I think that she's supposed to stay. And, uh, you know, God was miraculous, and he worked it out. She got a negative test, praise God, and she was able to rejoin our team. And then just some amazing things happened during that trip that I'll never have time in this setting to share with you. But one of the biggest, most amazing things was the amount of faith that was grown in me personally, but by every person on our team. And I'm sure at some point, Carol will share her story, um, you know, and her process. But for me, just looking out, every one of us was so focused on what we thought being bold for God was. 
and we were off. And it was really frustrating because three of us are pastors. And I'm all, but you know what? Pastors can absolutely be off when it comes to a lot of things. And I, I, was, I was so grateful that God got a hold of me even before the trip and started sharing this information in Galatians with me because it was what I was studying. And so it's what I kept going back to. And this idea of letting the Holy Spirit guide our lives. And so I just kept, I started, I changed what I was saying to some questions. And I said, Lord, what are we doing here? What do you want us doing while we wait for this? And he had all kinds of things to say. And what's really crazy is that he actually spoke through the example of the people at Redeemer House. So we, like I said, this trip was an influencer's trip. The people that they're going to be bringing are not necessarily missionaries. And so there's some fun stuff. Even when you go on a mission trip, if you've not been, there's usually fun stuff that we go do to connect the team together and to do some team building and um, some refreshing so that you have a lot to pour out because it's a lot that you're pouring out. And so we went, we had a safari planned and Wendy was supposed to go with us and so she said I'm totally fine please go on that safari so we did but then like you know we'd look at an elephant and we'd be like amazed by this elephant and then we'd be like Lord Wendy should be here and then you know we'd go back to you know this you know talking about um, you know this giraffe is super cute and did you know that animals live like this and Lord we just declare Wendy's gonna get a negative test today and you know we were like back and forth like that and so we felt like we were praying all day long you know and and there were even times we got together in the mornings and we prayed together there, there were lots of times that we were prayerful we were in our word for her but then we would just go about our business and Redeemer house called and said um, they said actually that they weren't eating or drinking anything until she was freed and we were all like oh geez and it's not wrong that we were on that safari that's not the point I'm making it's that we actually our faith just felt a lot smaller what we were doing to contribute to the situation was definitely not um, bold like we thought You know, when you're Ugandans and you've just spent the entire year not knowing if you're going to have food because of lockdown, and you choose to fast, they only get one meal a day. And they were choosing to give it up because Wendy was being held in what we lovingly call COVID jail. You know, I mean, it's, (laughs) I know that's not loving, but that's that's what she called it. And so, I mean, it was just, it really shed a sharp light on the difference of our mentality. And man, I was so humbled. And I was like, okay, I want to be doing that. I, I, this, isn't, this isn't bold for me. This isn't working for me. I, I, I know that this feels wrong. I want to be doing that. And then I thought, you know, maybe I am a local missionary. But you know what? I, even as a local missionary, I can be doing that. I can be fasting for my city. I can be fasting for other people. I can be in, in prayer. You know, when I, I know that, a, you know, a single mama is in a hard position, I can, I can do that because she doesn't have it in her right now, I can do that. And you know, a couple weeks ago that, um, I don't remember what the pastor's name was, if you know it, shout it out, but the guy that came and spoke, and he had the whiteboard up here. Well, I just said I don't know his name, so yeah. Is it? <laughs> Say it with confidence. Yeah, okay, so Miguel. Um, and so he, he, at the very end, like his whole teaching, thank you, was really good. And then um, it was really great, and I was like, oh, this is really great for someone. And I was like, this is good. It's good reminders. And at the very end, he got so rude and he talked right to me. And he's all, sometimes what you go through isn't for you. And I was all, who invited this guy? <laughs> but that's really, that's, that came to my mind again. What they were doing at Redeemer House, that was not for them. That was for Wendy. It was all of them doing this thing for one person. Man, we, I just, for me, I'll put it into personal. I don't do that enough. 
I do not do that enough. I'm always looking at this great big picture and, and far away and, you know, way ahead of, of the schedule. And, man, I just, I want that to change. So I'm going to read this in Galatians 5.1, and we're going to close with this. Um, 5.1 through 6. It says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up in, again in the slavery to the law. So we're, we're set free because of what Christ did on the cross, right? So don't go back to those rules. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you, your, you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. Yeah, what? I do, no, that's not where I want to be. I don't want to be cut off from Christ. I want to be smack dab in the middle, attached to all, all of him, all of it, right? But th- we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. Circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Now, I realize this feels a little bit disconnected from what I've been sharing, but what if we took the word circumcision out and placed in it whatever we've been putting into that place? And for me, it was these bold prayers. That's what I was doing. I was like, okay, well, I'm counting on these bold prayers to make me right with God, to make this situation right. But that's not actually what he's asking for. He was asking for me to be a lot more surrendered. He was asking for me to be a lot more yielded, like the people at Redeemer House. Most of the people, so you know, that were fasting were the little kids. I mean, I mean, the young, young ones, no, but the, the kids who knew better, they asked them, you know, we're fasting, and let me explain why we're doing this. When's the last time we did that with our kids, with our family, and said, look, I'm fasting, and let me explain why I'm doing this. That, to me, that was just like, Someone should write a book on being a mom as a missionary and include that in there. That's an inside joke. I was me. I wrote the book. And it's even called Missionary Mom. And I just, I'm like, what is happening right now that I don't know how to do either of these things as well as I thought? But that's the thing is there's no place. It doesn't matter how long you've been saved. It doesn't matter even if you're not a Christian yet. There's no place where we arrive. And so what I'm asking is that we all take a look at where we're at and say, Lord, what should I be doing next? I want to live by the Spirit. What should I be doing next? Where am I going next? And in closing, and then we're going to pray. Someone's getting saved today because our technology has been out this whole time. So that's what that means, someone's getting saved today. When I was sitting with Wendy at breakfast, one of the days that we were there, God gave me this, this vision. It was just this image. And, you know, I'm thinking about Wendy and what I know about her. And that girl is 100% faith all the time, all the time. And, I mean, she's somebody I want to be like. And I think, you know what, man, I live for Christ a lot. I mean, there's parts of my life that, you know, I'm still working on, right? But, man, I just feel like I believe. I have, a, I have 100% faith. But what I feel like he showed me for her was that the size of her capacity, the size of her vessel right now, it, it's this. It's at 100% capacity. And so if we would have asked her when she was here in the States, Wendy, do you have the faith to go through this? She would have said, absolutely. Anyone knowing her would have said, absolutely. She can do it. She can make it through those three days. 
and because she's at 100% capacity. She's at 100% faith. But what I felt God saying was, Wendy, God wants to give you a bigger vessel so that your 100% is even more because something more is coming. And that's what he wants to say to each of you. I don't know what size your vessel is right now. You may not even have one yet because you haven't started your relationship with God, but it's there and it's waiting. And our faith isn't something that we build. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit. If you keep looking down in Galatians 5, it says, it's a fruit of the Spirit, which is not our spirit. It's the Holy Spirit, the big Holy Spirit. He's the one that puts that in us. We just have to say, yes, I'm available. And then what happens is that he fills whatever size vessel we're bringing to the table. And then that's what we get to be a part of. That's what we get to see. That's what's amazing to me. That's why you see people, I mean, where they're so you would think, wow, you don't look like a, 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 you know, an evangelist, or you don't look like someone who's a world changer. Well, it, it's just because you can't see what their vessel looks like. Their vessel is just enormous because they were willing to bring that to God. You know, they didn't discredit themselves, or if they did, they did it anyway. They brought the big vessel anyway, and then God fills it up 100%. He wants to fill you 100% with his faith. So that everywhere you go, you are changing every person you come in contact with. I hope that these stories, I know it wasn't a lot of, you know, scripture, but man, God just spoke to me so much when we were in Uganda. If you guys get the chance, go. Wherever God calls you, go. Even if it's to your neighbor, go. But really, you know, take your kids on mission trips. Join groups. Be part of it. And if you have not said yes to walking this journey... It's today. Today is your day. It doesn't make any sense to wait because nothing bad's going to happen to you if you say yes today. So it's not going to hurt. It actually feels really great. You get to come into communion. You get to come into company with a a community that has already done this. They've already said yes. We've been where you're at. So I'm going to pray for the... We're most likely in three places. Either you've been a Christian for a long time and you're you're like I was where you're like man I feel like I'm doing I feel like I'm doing all this work for God but I'm doing it the way that makes sense to me you know maybe that's where you're at or maybe you're the second kind where you've been a Christian for a little while or a long time but you've been one foot in one foot out and you've not really dived into this book which means friend that you don't know who you are yet because this is what defines you God is what defines you he is he is your identity and if you do not know what he says about you You can't possibly know who you are or what you're meant to do. And for those of you who have not said yes yet, God has a vessel waiting for you that he wants to fill up so that you are overflowing with his peace, his love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control out in our city. That's what we're called to take with us. That's, That's part of the good news that we take with us. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Convo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ConvoChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Convo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Convo Church Podcast.